Hey folks, it's Jeremy. You're listening to Blamo. Look, summer, it's, uh, it's almost over. Or is it? I don't know. Who knows how long it's going to last, depending on where you are. Someone was messaging the other day, and they're like, oh, I'm in Sweden, and it's cold. And I was like, dang, man. It's hot. It's hotter than heck over here. But you know what? Weather's always changing. We'll see what's going on, but enough of that stuff. We got a big old bonus episode this week with everyone's favorite, Mr. Matt Hrennick of William Brown. Also, uh, for the record, because folks were asking, it's Hrennick. Hrennick. It's fun to say when you get it right, huh? All right. We chat when and when not to wear a suit, his new collaboration with Sunspell, figuring out your fits in the sweltering summer, how to wear a black polo. By the way, I've never, I've never done the black polo thing. I tried. I was scared. He, he gave me some, some tips. How to pack for a summer trip and what not to do when making a collab. Last but not least, we debate what summer styles are going to last. Ooh, it gets spicy. Here we go. How easy is it to buy a car in Europe as an American? Well, I think buying cars, buying houses, buying most anything, it's it's pretty easy, particularly in France. I mean, Italy gets a little bit complicated, like you have to have a tax number, like to rent mm-hmm. an apartment or like be employed and have a tax number or stuff like little idiosyncratic things like that. Uh, France is, it's super easy. Like I got a, my neighbor helped me get an account at the insurance agency. We call them up. We put the car on the insurance. The house is on insurance. We wired money from a U.S. bank to the car dealership. They did all the registration and you oh, walk okay. out. Of it. Yeah. You walk out of there. It's so great. Like you don't even have to go to the DMV. You know, it's, it's actually very sane. The trick, the, the thing about France is like, it's always better to buy a car that has its original registration in France because registering cars and insuring cars from other countries is an absolute pain in the ass. It's like my Panda took 12 months to get registered because it was an Italian car. I mean, it's like boring stuff like that. So like I could have gone an hour and a half to the border of Spain, just about an hour and a half, two hours to Spain and probably got a better deal. But I would have just mm-hmm. been you know, the amount of time and emotions hemorrhaged to get that thing registered in France would be a nightmare. So we, yeah, we found a a truck in France and they're conveniently by the airport. So when we have to come home, we can just leave the truck with these guys. And uh, yeah, it knocked wood. It worked out. Oh my God. Yeah. I will say, I think you, you're one of the few people I know who does the things that a lot of people write down and they're like dream journal. Well, did I mention you just do it? I mental I mentioned fetal position, right? Like that, that is it doesn't come out it doesn't come along without stress and stuff. But like listen, I mean, you just got to do it. And a lot of it's necessity, you know, like I said once you make a commitment to like a place like this, there's all the trappings and trimmings of things that you need like mm-hmm. a car and you just got to figure it out. And you know, I I, luckily, we have help, people helping us out and guiding us down the road and giving us good advice. And but yeah, just fucking do it. You know, what, <laughs> yeah. It's like how what do you what do you have in front of you except just failure? You know, and then you just start over again. You know, it's like, no. You're you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's definitely a dream of mine to to uh, like go to Scotland and get a place or something or you know. But it's just like what. what you know, I don't know. I'm always like, what am I doing? No, but, but you, but you, you're, you're in a really good position. I mean, 
I don't know about how your wife and the rest of the family think about that, but like what you, you have the privilege of kind of doing what you're doing pretty much anywhere. And that's really cool. And that is an amazing opportunity. And I just, and Yolanda and I, that was the silver lining of the pandemic, right? It's like people accepted you not being around, not face-to-face meetings. And we yeah. really, we really thrived in that environment because we could be at the house upstate that we love or be in Europe. And, you know, one issue of William Brown, we, we signed off with our art director in a friend's shop after a boozy lunch in Bordeaux, you know, mm. we, we, right. We just like flipped open the computer, went over the PDFs and we're like, okay, great. Send it to the printer. And then, you know, we were in Bordeaux. It's great. So that to me is super exciting to be able to navigate with, you know, I mean, we poo poo so much like our addiction to technology and what a time suck it often can be in something, some, some effects, but it's like provides us with such great tools to get stuff done. 90. Yeah. No, 80% right. of the time, 80% of the time. <laughs> so you're, you're out in France. It is hot as hell right now. We're talking about summer style. We're talking about your new Sunspill project. What what has been because you're basically a suit guy, and I've seen a lot of the the videos and stuff that you've done, yeah, even recently. And how I mean, do you kind of stick out like a sore thumb with with wearing suits and stuff where you're at in the countryside, or is or are people just like, oh, finally we got some class back here? Well, I mean, where I partic- where I am in the southwest of France right now, it's in Medoc, which is just north of Bordeaux and Bordeaux region. You know, I don't go to the Carrefour in white linen suits. But, um, you know, my, my local supermarket. But I do like, you know, I like dressing up for dinner or cocktails or to do one of those silly videos and stuff like that. And I always travel with something like in the summertime if we're going to be, I don't know, from Greece to the Amalfi. Or, and it doesn't matter if it's a fancy place or not. I just think I just like it. I just feel good, you know, throwing on a like lightweight double breasted jacket or a, have a linen like the luxury of just chucking a linen suit, you know, it kind of feels like old school traveling, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and we're lucky enough to poke in and out of a couple of nice hotels or once in a while. And I just think it's, I don't know, it's nice to kind of up the game and, you know, uh, throw in a jacket. I don't really put on ties very much anymore, but I definitely, yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah, I mean, I do, I like ties, I like neckties, and I like knitted ties. I mean, no one does knitted ties better than our friend David Coggins, but I just, um, I would say more than ever, particularly in the summer, like open collar shirts and polos and stuff like that. Yeah. So walk me through some of this stuff in the Sunspill collab, because this is a very, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit earlier, into yeah. which a lot of people will do collaborations and there's a bit of like I have to put my name on it, and and sometimes that ends up making the uh, the collab less desirable because it, the person's so focused on you know an over design. But like I saw the stuff that you you made, it's very simple. It's I mean yeah. it's like it's a kind of like oh okay like I'm surprised this wasn't already made. Like I mean it's 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 perfect. Well, I think well first of all I I'm a huge Sunspell polo fan like the riviera polo um when that mm-hmm. first came out i got my hands on one and you know someone who was kind of a die die hard like polo ralph lauren lacoste guy 
yeah. that Riviera, I the way it fit, even though it was like meant to be designed for Daniel Craig's body, I want to say, like I you put that <laughs> thing on and you kind of you do look better. I think the way that shirt fits and how it's slightly compressed at the chest and shorter sleeve length, but it doesn't hug you through the muffin top midsection of, you know, which you don't want to profile, <laughs> right? You just, right, right. it's a really, and it washes well. And there's this kind of, uh, that is slightly, you know, this open weave in the fabric that it makes it really cool. It travels. It is absolutely part of my, either a black or Navy Riviera, Riviera polo sun's belt is always a part of my packing kit. I don't care what season there's always one in there. And, um, I, I just love the polo. So, and I forever have bought them in, um, Navy and black. And I recently expanded into, uh, other colors like off white and brown. And I even have a red one that you have to be like super suntan to wear. I, in my opinion, but my biggest struggle with with it is like it had a very it has a less structured collar and it just yeah didn't hold up the way i wanted it to hold up as a polo kind like, of a floppiness yeah it's a floppiness and i wanted it like a little bit sharper uh to wear under a jacket and i mm -hmm. also thought it would be great if it was a long sleeve version so when i went to go visit um the factory in Long Eaton and was kind of just blown away. Like, first of all, it's the romance of this kind of little industrial uh, town outside London. And, uh, you know, you see where all the t-shirts are being made and there, there's so much, so many individual hands go into the making of that thing, which I think is very, very important. And uh, I mean, I like that knowing that real people are that you could see and identify with are making your stuff. And I met, yeah. I met with those guys and I said, they were like, well, is there anything that you're interested in collaborating? And I was like, well, you already have the most perfect thing. I just want to change it by this much, which was not a big chest move, which was think rethinking the collar and narrowing the, the long sleeve a bit so it could fit under a jacket. Oh. Nicely, right. Like narrowing the sleeve yeah, yeah. to the cuff with a button cuff that it could, you could wear it under a jacket, but also I love long sleeves that I kind of roll up past my elbow a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, so that was it. And they were like, that's it. Like, that's easy. And I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well that's amazing. Because I didn't want to overthink any, you know, so, with so many brands, I mean, I could look at all their SKUs and be like, well, if this just changed here and there, then that makes it very kind of unique to let's say a William Brown point of view or my point of view. And it doesn't have to be that extravagant and that different, um, you know, to be a co-collab, right? And also I'm already talking to these guys because I love what they do. I, I don't need to reinvent the wheel from them because they're doing such an amazing job with the stuff they do do, so. Yeah. I mean, I, I do want to jump back because you said that the you wear navy and black polos. I'm going to sound really stupid, but I'm going to be vulnerable here. How do you wear a black polo? Um, I, I I can only wear navy. I've never really, I, I don't think I've cracked the code. Okay, I can say right immediately, uh, I wear that black polo with um, a pair of vintage uh, French camo sh shorts that are... Ooh, okay. Right, right? so and also... Those French camo shorts that came from a, like a uh, 
surplus French surplus military shop here in town, the inseam mm-hmm. is like, the inseam is like four inches. It's so amazing. It's like <laughs> it was so French, you know. No back pocket yeah. for it. Anyway, I wear it like that, um, or with like a pair of white tennis shorts or white white oh. denim. White denim. I wear white denim. A lot of white denim. Denim. Uh, I think it looks super good. I think it looks good. Like if it's really really hot and you kind of show up at the hotel bar or whatever, and you're wearing a black polo and white denim and a pair of loafers, I think that's a pretty strong, pretty strong look. No, it definitely is. Yeah, this makes more sense. I've always, like, it's weird. I, I had a phase where I basically almost wore exclusively black. And then, you know, I got rid of a bunch of the stuff and kind of grew up a little bit. And then I, I still get, I want to wear black a little bit more. But yeah. I'm always like, oh, I don't know. And I tend to gravitate towards navy. The only thing I'll do sometimes is I'll wear a black knit tie or a black grenadine tie with yeah. like a navy suit and a white shirt, you know, but, but I think, yeah, that's a, strong a black look. polo. I, yeah. I, you know, I used to, there was an early nineties part of itself, Prada APC self that was wearing yes. black shirt, like black collared shirts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. I, I don't do that anymore. I, I think in my wardrobe, the black turtleneck sweater, black, Cable knit cashmere uh-huh. sweater, black polo, and then it's full stop after that. Um, I think I probably have a pair of black jeans kicking around that, you know, were made by APC. But I, I, I agree with you with the Navy. Um, but I do supplement it with that, those colors. I mean, ironically enough, though, we did the polo collab in Navy mm-hmm. because I do yeah. think it is more versatile and it will, it will appeal to more people. And, um, it's less of a dramatic statement. Um, and their Navy is beautiful. It's like this very, very, you know, it's not super dark. It's got nice blue to it. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get a good Navy, especially I think most American guys, when they get Navy, what they're really wearing is like French blue or, some sort of Mediterranean blue, and it's not, it's not the right. It's navy. too bright. Like it needs to be dark. Yeah. Agreed. agreed. It's too bright. Um, um, yeah. I mean, I have, oh, I have a lot of blue in my wardrobe and, you know, I've opened up the closet and I'm like, Oh, Matt needs one more chambray. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> like, or like more blue Oxfords in broadcloth. But you know, you do sort of get to the point in your life where you, I think you should, or I know I have where it's just like, okay, I know the uniform. I know what I like to wear. I'm just going to wear, you know, six different versions of that. And every time I divert out of that, off that path, uh, it's a mistake and it's a waste of money. And I, I just, I don't really, you know, I don't really want to make those mistakes and waste that time anymore. You, yeah, you spend a lot of time on the road and you, you're quite the packer, right? I am on, the on all over, the stuff that you're bringing. The overpacker. Wait, how how long does it take you to pack before you go somewhere? I don't know. I like to pack the night before. I do I am I oh do God. not like stressing out in the morning. I have such like Yolanda makes fun of me, my daughter makes fun of me. I mean, I I like being early to the airport. I like to be able yep. to dodge any variable that's come up, right? Like the car's late, you can't get to the airport, whatever that is. But so I like yeah. to pack I like to pack the night before. 
and be like, okay, this is, and you know, a lot of the times it's like one night here, two nights there, three nights there. And then I'm like, oh, maybe I need this hair and I need this there. And I hate being under geared. I, what if it rains? And then you throw that around. I always pack running yeah. gear, right? I, I always pay, pack, pack exercise equipment, right? So there's like, there's bulk right there. And then what ends up, what ends up happening is I wear the, I wear four things and I come back with a third of the luggage clean. But if that red wine <laughs> spilled on that, those pair of white Levi's, I have another pair just waiting to back up in the, in the luggage, you know? Yeah, no, same here. I mean, that's, I, I did this thing where like my wife gets so annoyed when I was doing it. Like anytime I'm traveling or somewhere, I'll I'll start to pack. I'll usually pack the night before, but it'll take me probably like two hours to pack. And she will grab everything. She'll throw it in a, a you know a suitcase, and she'll be done in like a half hour. And for me, I started like laying my clothing down, like yeah, because I'm like, all right, I need a lot of versatility. So I'm like laying things on the floor. I'm like building like almost like some sort of Ralph Lauren wannabe yeah. rig. And yeah. so I'll be like, all right, well, each thing needs to go with two different other things in case something doesn't work right. And then, of course, I'm always bringing back a bunch of clean clothes. And, you know, it, it's it's a shit show. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I think you and I are exactly the same with that. I mean, because I do the same. Actually, I was a friend of us here for a couple of days. And I said, oh, you know, in high school, I used to I used to lay out what I was going to wear the day before. I mean, I was such as pro. Oh, yeah. Right. And, and she looked at me straight in the eye and she said, I didn't know men did that. <laughs> and I yeah. Was like, I mean, I, yeah, I was this trying guy to focus. <laughs> this guy does, you know? I mean, um, I had to figure out what Lacoste shirt I was going to wear with my gray Calvin Klein, you know, five pockets, you know? Oh, um, yeah. But I think, you know, packing, you know, some people are really proud that they underpack. I mean, we have, you know, without saying names we know exactly who these are in our circles who yep. try talking about it i am just committed to i'm an overpacker and that's just the way it is and um the i don't know i don't i don't mind it i, I mean i it, i look at these things i look at it and i'm like okay mostly there are women in my life who are like many of them are proud that they could just fit like one overhead right one overhead mm-hmm. uh rolly um, for like three weeks. First of all, their underpants are like three centimeters big, right? And then, yeah. <laughs> then it's like a flat Greek sandal, and then it's a, a, yeah. a little cotton dress that rolls up the size of like a tennis ball. And it's like, of course that works. Of course you can do that. <laughs> you know, have you seen my boxer shorts? Like, you know, it's just like, um, I just feel that men have a a different struggle, and I just. I just commit to it. I don't care. Yeah. It's fine. Is there, are there like, what are the things, uh, dead serious on this question, like what are the things that you will bring no matter what, where you're like, uh, I mean, outside of like underwear or yeah. even like a polo shirt or something. Okay. I, I want everyone to get out a pen and write this down. You always pack a bathing suit, no matter what the season. Okay. You Wait, pack, for real? Oh, you pack, you always pack a bathing suit. Because if you show up somewhere and it's like, oh, my God, the, there's this killer indoor pool at the hotel or there's a hammam or w- whatever, like, you know, or I'll pack, you know, gym trunks that can convert to that. Right. But I just mm. always, I always pack like I have some 
very early that are still surviving, like Lululemon running shorts, is kind of short, five inch, four and a half inch running shorts that are makeshift bathing yeah. suit immediately. immediately. Um, but I always pack a bathing suit. I always pack like uh, like an espadrille or some kind, or like Yolanda did this great collaboration with Scaroso, these Venetian slippers, and they're in a, oh, yeah, yeah. like in a dark olive. I'll pack a pair of those because it's an alternative to a slipper. And yeah, you don't have to wear this, the dorky hotel slipper, but I, you know, I'll wear that, like I said, like to the pool or to the spa or whatever, or kicking around or running down to go get coffee in the morning at the hotel. And, um, I always will pack. So, and they're soup, they, they're flat. They, uh, they're super yeah. light and like those Venetian slippers you could wear with a suit and they look incredible. So that, that's something that I do. And then my DOP kit is probably the most embarrassing thing, but I'm going to tell you why. First of all, it's like the okay. size, it's the size of a rugby ball, and I'm not exaggerating, okay? Whoa. And, and it's a Prada nylon four-zipper DOP kit. I think they still make it. And it has every elixir, cream, and med, and grooming product that I ever have needed on the road, right? So there's the basic stuff, right? There's a toothbrush, there's a toothpaste, there's some hair product, mm-hmm. there's some contact mm-hmm. solution, right? Extra contact for that work context, pair of glasses. And then it's like, oh my God, I had a rash once when I was in location X. It, I, I, this saved me. I'm never going to take that out of the docket. <laughs> like that is in there. I'm, I'm not going to be like in Anguilla with like a heat rash, <laughs> you know what I mean? Without being, so- yeah. I, I and, and then like all kinds of, you know, anti-inflammatories and pain relief and all that kind of stuff that's been picked up in French and Italian pharmacies, which are the best for that kind of stuff. And um, agreed, it all lives in the it all lives in this kit. And I swear, Jeremy, every time I'm like, I'm going to slim this down and take some of this stuff out. That rash comes back. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I always would bring anytime I'd like go stay at a hotel or whatever, I would be like, okay, I'm, you know, if, if they had good toiletries or something, I'd be like, all right, I'm taking this stuff. I'm it's going to stay in my dop kit. It, I'm going to travel with it. And then what I realized is every time I opened it, I had about six or seven, <laughs> you know, half empty bottles of, I don't know. It'd be uh, like some weird Labo thing. Uh, yeah. And or I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. So it's just like, what? You know, and it's funny because especially now as I'm gone at least once a month or so and I'm trying to pack and pack quickly, I'm like, I'm losing, you know, I'm going to lose two and a half weeks of just packing time in my life this year. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I gotta, I gotta rethink. <laughs> yeah. I mean, also like the hotel product that I love taking hotel soaps because they're great to have. Yep. In your house. Like, I love hotel soaps mm-hmm. in the bathroom. Um, I don't travel with, like, soaps and shampoos and stuff. Like, I'll just use whatever in the hotel. But I do love that when a hotel will leave a little mini Marvis toothpaste or, yes. or, like, a really good Italian shaving cream, like, tube. Like, those yeah. those go get chucked in. I don't think I've bought shaving cream in, like, 10 years because of that. Um the uh those things find their way into the dop kit from the hotel kit and then 
you know, I, but the reality is, it's like, I don't know if I hate being undergeared is the simplest way to say that. And uh, if there is some absolute wardrobe mishap or the weather ships, uh, I am ready mm-hmm. to go. I'm prepared. You know, like if the cold front moves through on the Amalfi, man, there's, there's some, <laughs> there's a pair of Merino socks and, uh, and a sweater in there, you know? So I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to apologize about it anymore. I feel very confident this is the right thing to do for me. Yeah, no, that, that's a very good idea. I think there's that, that gives me a little bit more ammo in my next, yeah. my next argument. <laughs> ammo for blammo. Um, I, I, I want to bring back, I want to bring back another solution to this long sleeve polo okay. that we do with Sunspell. It, with this long sleeve polo, with, with, a, with the collar standing a little bit, you know, higher and more pronounced, it, it, it actually did alleviate me packing extra kind of like whatever broadcloth dress shirts, right? Oh. Right? Because I know I, that that polo has a lot of versatility, right? That I could wear that under a jacket and still feel much more dressed up if it was just like the Riviera polo. And that meant like, oh, I don't need to pack, you know, two more of those, you know, broadcloth shirts that I would have worn sure. without a tie anyway. And, yeah, I, also, yeah. and I also think it, it, it also becomes a good kind of pool, pool gear, you know, and if the sun gets too intense, you have long sleeves, you know, you know, all that, all that stuff is about kind of trimming, you know, trying to alleviate some of the, some of the kit along the way. Yeah. The one thing I'm I'm curious too is you've seen more and more people and I mean you were you were at PT uh of guys wearing their polo collar or even their shirt collar on top of their suit. This this kind of yeah. Miami Vice thing. Yeah, I you know, I Okay, if it, I think there's an exception, right? Like I don't want to I don't want to yeah. feel good it feels too good fellows to me to like have like a dress shirt collar over the jacket i mean to me it's Mm -hmm. you know that's too johnny darko or whatever but i (laughs) i thought you know a lot of these knit polos that are in merino and silk and linen and stuff they they are short collars so they kind of look silly and not it's not a really good shape under a jacket so i do think and i found myself doing this as well popping those collars out over the jacket and I think it looks, mm. I think it really looks good. And I thought it looked good when I was wearing this your sucker double breasted jacket with a navy linen polo underneath. And I think camp collars, uh, that's acceptable as well. I think that looks good. You know, these collars that will kind of lie flat anyway. And yeah. And I also think in Florence, it was surprisingly cooler this year, but it's always hot, right? And everyone suffers with a, wants to put a jacket and tie on and, you know, kind of be their best PT self. And, uh, <laughs> and I just was like, mm, no, I'm not doing that. And, you know, and, and that being said, I was wearing a lot of like striped, like rattan striped shirts um, mm. under, under my suits and under my suit jackets. And, you know, a lot of those I find like on the road at some like little French sales shop or whatever, and really super basic. And then again, Sunspell makes a really terrific t-shirt. Um, the cotton is just phenomenal and the fit is great. And they have a white, blue and a blue and white. And I pack those and those look great 
under uh, like a navy jacket or a white linen jacket. They look amazing. And it feels very summer and it feels very appropriate. Um, I don't feel underdressed. And I don't feel so Don Johnson for some reason. You know, <laughs> maybe because it's not pastel. I d- yeah, I mean, I do like the that we're at this cool era where everyone's trying to be, yeah, either some form of Don Johnson or Richard Gere, American Gigolo, with 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 t-shirts under suits. I'm 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 kind of into it, I mean, especially I it's because it's it's making it easier for me to pack. Well, <laughs> there's a couple brands out there that are doing really great merino wool t-shirts. Um, Cole Hayes is one of them. Uh, yep. Um, Gerardo, my friend Gerardo Chaliba had a, a merino wool t-shirt that was like his grandfather's that they he they just copied, and wow, it looks great. And merino is antibacterial; it doesn't make you know it won't get stinky as quickly as other stuff. Uh, it's super surprisingly super cool, and it's good for like cool evenings. And they're t-shirts, and it's it's great. And you could wash them in cold water and hang them to dry. They're they're really durable, and. You know, I really, I think that is looking super sharp, guys wearing clothes like that, including t-shirts and including v-necks. And I think if you do them in that kind of Breton stripe, um, mm. or if you do them in dark colors, right, like in, or you just, yeah. or you just stick with white, I think it gets Don Johnson, it gets, you know, Miami Vice, and I mean, full transparency, I thought those guys were the coolest things ever at that period. Um, they still I, are. They still are. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you my Don Johnson story. Uh, but, but the, you know, all those pastels for me, I just avoid that. I mean, I'm not going to go down that route. I don't, I can't wear that anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, one, one time we stayed in Don Johnson's house in, uh, in Colorado. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Yolanda's friend from college way back when and ended up marrying Don Johnson. And sure, we we were going to the Aspen um, Comedy Awards or something. My buddy got an award. He said, "Oh, let's all go to Aspen." And Yolanda was like, "Oh, let's just ask Kelly if we could stay at the ranch, you know, because it was almost impossible to stay in town." And she's like, "Yeah, nobody's there. Go stay in the ranch house, whatever." So we were staying in Don Johnson's ranch, and <laughs> there were pictures of him everywhere it was incredible and he had a room obviously sorry don i was snooping that was all (laughs) his miami vice stuff oh including props there was like a prop silver like plated 45 pistol non-working of course a prop rolex like posters of him like from all his uh, products that he hacked, you know, he just hacked around the world, you know, like Don Johnson tuxedos and Don Johnson cologne and album covers. And here's the best in that room was a tanning bed. No way. Yeah, it was great. We, we just had <laughs> that was funny. They have sold that house and all that stuff went somewhere, but that was a real highlight. I remember calling my brother and be like, could you believe if dad, dad knew we were, I was in Don Johnson's house. Like my dad loved Miami Vice so much. Um, oh my God. Yeah. The tanning bed was That's so good. Yeah. It's good. Um, an- another sort of like summer style a lot of people have been doing is uh, the handkerchief as a necktie. Okay. Or I, here it is. 
I can't, I can't get behind this. I, I don't know. I mean, some guys look so good at it, right? Uh, but mm-hmm. I just can't mm-hmm. get out over the fact that it looks a little costumey to me. Um, Go on. It, it, I don't know. It looks like you've just walked off the set of American Paris or something. Like I, <laughs> you know. But this is my hangup. This is my problem. Yeah, like I can't wear fedora style hats because I just feel like I'm, you know, an extra in a gangster movie. Like I can never, I can never make myself feel confident of wearing that stuff. And I like. I like a neck scarf that is not tied. This just sort of tucked into a shirt collar. But soon as mm-hmm. I, soon mm-hmm. as I, and like a lot of the, like, I, I think when I was reading Free and Easy and way back when, all those Japanese guys doing like the most perfect folded over bandana tied beautifully, I aspired yeah. to so much. I could not get away with it. I just looked ridiculous, I felt. And so I never really tie them. I just kind of tuck them in. Uh, and I think Drake's for years made the best, um, the the best kind of size neck handkerchiefs, cars, and different materials. That I would always pack one of those as well. Actually, for the plane, I always have one of those. Um, and um, but soon as I put it into a knot, and there's those two tab ends, and particularly if it's yeah, I just feel like an, a completely ridiculous flamboyant character. Charles Nelson Riley. No, I mean yeah, Charles Nelson Riley. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I just... Yeah. I mean, Lee Majors could probably get away with it at that point, but I don't know. For me, you know, congratulations, all, all you guys who can get away with that and look cool and feel cool. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I Yeah, I mean, I did it a few times and it would stick out, right? And so I have this like knot and then I would try to tuck it underneath my shirt, but then it looked like I had like a, a lower Adam's apple. Like and then a it goiter. Was, it was, yes, yeah. And it, it's tough because like, look, and I think, you know, I have no problem admitting this stuff because I know so many people listen to this. You know, a question people ask themselves all the time is, can I pull off X? Right. And I always tell everyone like, dude, you can wear whatever you want. You just be you yeah. and you're great. <laughs> and whatever you do, you're going to do it. But me... I'm like, I can't pull off anything. I just tried it. I just stood in the mirror 10 times and then I, I look like this. I'm like, nope. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm terribly insecure with a, with a lot of that stuff. And um, I, again, truly admire people that can pull it off and sure. look good and yeah, feel yeah. confident. But I've, I think I've found there's something. Well, first of all, here's another thing. When it's like 150 degrees out, like the last thing you want on <laughs> is a neck scarf. But yeah, I do like them when I travel on the airplane. Like I do, like I said, I will always travel with usually a Drake's, you know, silk wool combo, and I'll mm-hmm. wear that under under a collared shirt or a polo with this. You know, I'll pack a. Always, I will always pack a merino or cashmere sweater as well, and that is often in my carry on little satchel bag because yeah. you know it just things get cold or whatever. You you want a pillow, you just roll it up, whatever. Um, but I I cannot tie things in a knot, and I certainly don't want that uh, when it's super hot out too. So that's my struggle with the neck scarf. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a there's a lot out there. I mean, it's it's I I love the summer, but I'm more of like 
some sort of cool in between summer versus yeah. like what we're having right now. I mean, literally today, I think the heat index is going to get to 109. Yeah. Wow. Fahrenheit. So yeah. where we are right now in France, it's been incredibly mild. Like it has a tendency to get really hot here, but it's been incredibly mild. We've been super, super lucky. Um, and, and all my friends who are in Italy, you know, you know, just like, oh, thank God you're not here. Or even my mom in upstate New York is just roasting. And, you know, my, my summer wardrobe is not my, it's not my strength, you know? Like, yeah, same. So, you know, I need those layers. I, I, yeah, I agree with you. I like layers of stuff. I love outerwear. I mean, my obsession with outerwear is, is problematic um from wax coats to wool picots to i mean i just love all that stuff i love anything tweeted you know i just i just love um i mean that's why i could live i could live in scotland like you know no problem um, same uh, upstate new york without the summers but my summer wardrobe is like you know it's pretty uneventful so i'd like to keep it as simple as possible polos short you know, I'm really into short shorts. Okay, I'm into like Tom, Selleck, okay, Tom Selleck amount of thigh yep. shorts, and part of that is I feel taller because I'm not that tall, and I think when you show more leg, you make the impression of being taller. And in since when did like you know when you know I remember like growing a kid in the '80s, like watching tennis, uh, watching Magnum PI buying my rugby shorts from L.L. Bean and everything was like <laughs> four, four to five inch inseams, you know? And then yeah. and suddenly men were like, you know what? We need to cover our thighs. That's the problem. Or like, <laughs> or, right. Or I blame the surf jam. Right. And it's like, why are we swimming with yeah. all this fabric? You know, I mean, I'm never going to wear a speedo. I don't, I, I'm not going to be, I'm not into banana hammock world um yep, yep but i do like short swim trunks and um and shorts that are short i just i i i like the way they look i, I think we need to bring back more male thigh and we ended <laughs> we ended there ladies and gentlemen with uh Matt Hranick says the world needs more male exposed thigh yeah, I think that's uh that that that's definitely Yeah. Oh, can I can I tell you something I got a lot of crap for it seemed um okay. I what's wrong with wearing sandals? You know, like you know people I got I was wearing these I was Well, tell me what happened. First. Okay, so what? I Okay, my dad who was a style icon for me. You know, okay. this is like 70s, 80s, like in the summer, he'd wear leather sandals, and we called them Jesus sandals, right? He looked like some apostle, you know? And yeah. they were heavy brown leather. They looked like he bought them in some, like, in Corsica or something. Of course, he didn't. He bought them at Binghamton. And I just thought, like, he looked so cool. Like, he wore them with khakis. He wore them with shorts, you know? And I kind of was like, yeah, I got to get back into that. And, of course... Yolanda loves Greece. We travel to Greece a lot. And you see a lot of artisans, you know, making those types of sandals. So uh, ancient, mm -hmm. ancient Greek Sandal is a very cool company. And they gave me a pair. And then I found another, okay. an I found another pair in Greece made by an Italian company called Bredore. And they just reminded me of those Apostle Sandals of my dad. 
that I had. And they were kind of rugged. And I'm like, these look great. And I'm going to rock these. And they're super comfortable. And they're an alternative to like Birkenstocks. Um, and I took a couple pictures of them. I put on Instagram. And I just was like getting called out. Like, no, men should not expose their feet. You know, all these kind of like, you know, all these kind of haters of, of, of my feet. Really? But, yeah. So there's two things for those sandals that I'll say. One, there somehow it felt like everyone were, started wearing Greek sandals at the same time. And whenever that happens, Greek sandals to me is X. Let me be very clear. It's not, it's not the sandal. Um, I think the thing that caught everyone off guard is all of a sudden it felt like everyone got into something that no one had been wearing previously or at least in a while so when right? did, i know that when was this cyclical. when did that it, make that impression of? it feels like now now like like okay. right now yeah. this 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 spring summer when because you got ame wearing sandals ah, you got right. davide from jaya wearing those sandals yeah, yeah you got all these people wearing it and here's the thing when this happens you're gonna have some clowns whomever they are that are one gonna nitpick uh, because they're scared to do it, like yourself, or excuse me, like myself. Um, and then you're going to have other people who, I'm just going to say this, everyone's got that one bad style friend that they use as a barometer. <laughs> and when they get into something, like there's a couple people I know, when they message me, they're like, hey, I just started wearing X. I'm like, I'm out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, like, I mean, but they're not like <laughs> Mumfisto or whatever that, you know. No, you know, not they, to- they look good. The Homer sandals, the ancient Greek Homer sandals, I do think look good. I am, I don't think I could could wear them well. Mm. I'll be honest with you. Because I had the Doc Martin version of it right. in high school. Yeah. Those and cool. they were sick. And I, I love those. And I mean, first off, the whole the whole concept of like men hiding their feet is, is stupid. Right. Some sort of weird, bizarro, like masculinity overdrive thing. It, that, that's just ridiculous. Like, yeah, I love Birkenstocks. Me I too. love, I'm all in for sandals. But uh, I think there's a lot of fear. I think at the end of the day, all these things are rooted in fear and insecurity. How about yeah, exactly? How about this? Clip your toenails, go get a pedicure, and wear the sandals. Like, oh, I don't, I don't, done. I mean, I also think sandals should be worn in contact, right? Like this one pair of sandals that I yep. have these Bredor. I wear those to Greece. Like when Yolanda and I are like on ferries, island hopping, you know, uh, I I will pack those. They they just are location appropriate. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to show up, you know, an event in Chicago wearing sandals. Like, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that would really, you know, um, but you know, the other cool, like cool footwear here is in, um, is the jelly, you know, the French fisherman shoe, right? The jelly. Yes. And yeah, I, I had a friend of mine, whatever, 30 years ago, he used to wear those all the times. And I just thought like, you look so ridiculous until I started seeing all these OG like French guys with like tiny little, you know, those little bob uh yeah. bucket hats, like the ones that are super tight to the head. And I was like, you know what? You guys, those guys look so good. And in really yeah. short, and what I see here is like really short cut off denim. And they're like super tan, smoking, you know, having long boozy lunches and by the seaside. And I was like, you know what? I could I could start rocking those and i bought a pair and they're cheap and they're yeah. so they're so incredibly comfortable and i don't know i just you know i came around 
I came around. I never in high school I used the poo poo the Birkenstock too because there were I just I listen, I was into the police and Smiths and the cure. I was not into the dead. And, oh my god. And I So good. I miss, you know, all you know, every deadhead in a stinky pair of Birkenstocks. I, until you start wearing Birkenstocks and you're like, oh my God, this is the <laughs> best design thing ever. I mean, I do love them. Um so anyway, Same. I think I think footwear, you know, and again, it's the summer footwear dilemma too, right? Yep. There's a lot. I mean, I I wrestle with that like crazy because I'm also like, well, you know, if I could, I'll I'll be totally transparent. I would basically just wear Birkenstocks Hmm. um, or some some type of sandal. I want low maintenance thing. But like when I go to New York, I'm like, well, I can't if I'm going to walk, you know, a bunch. I don't. Look, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not the guy who's going to walk six, seven miles or whatever it is in Birkenstocks. Like, I just, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. So, you know, there's, I, I end up being like, oh, I got to wear this or I got to wear this. And I don't know. That's, then I'll yeah. bring four pairs of shoes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the overpacking and cue the overpacking. Yeah. Um, I'll, <laughs> I actually think the the rubber Birkenstock is so great too, because I mean, if I go. Oh, the EVA. Yeah. Yeah. Those are so good. And uh, like, if I go on a fly fishing trip, um with uh david coggins um like we go to the bahamas and bonefish every once in a while um he will most likely make fun of my rubber birkenstocks and but i don't care they look they're so they're so great to like wear around water they're they're just great yeah um and um chacos too those are a good that's a good water sandal i think yeah those are better than keens yeah they're hard they're not so easy to put on you know, I like quick on, quick no. off kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what I buy in just by the piles here, and I could buy them in the supermarket for like four to seven euros, is the, the French-made uh, espadrille, who I, which I used to poo-poo the espadrille because I was like, I felt like I was wearing ballet slippers. And then you kind of, you wear them enough, and they're incredibly practical. They're, they're so comfortable. They're great from the beach to the bar. And um, again, I, I guess it was me leaning into old kind of geezer French style that um, made it be like, yeah, I don't have, I'm not going to stand out here. I'm going to just blend in, you know? Um, and they're great. And I, I wear them, God, I wear them through the entire summer and they kind of fall apart and you are sad to see them go away. And then you just, you know, another five euros. Start, in, start over. <laughs> you're in another yeah. five years, you're in. Well, Matt, I'm going to say, wear your Greek sandals. Do your thing. Thank you. F the haters. I hate them. Thank you for chatting with me. Congrats on the Sunspell uh, collaboration. I'm very excited about all this. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm just excited to chat with you. So this is, this was great. Thank you. Um, Before we wrap, is there any other thing you want to add or mention that I didn't? No. You, it's always okay. fun to talk to you, and it's always so natural. I'm always like, I, I always, if I didn't have headphones on, I would have, you know, not realized I was actually doing a podcast. And, and you, uh, it, well, pleasure's all mine. And you know my rules. I only listen to the podcast that I'm on. So you're my number one. Yeah. <laughs> it was great talking with you. Okay. All right, take good. care, man. Thank you.